Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code SGP and get up to $1,000 deposit bonus. Plus, deposit this week and you'll get $10 in a free bet for the Belmont Stakes. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you in part by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network College Football Tournament. We're simulating real college football playoff-type games that you can bet on every Saturday and Sunday night in June. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFT for all the details. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFT. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matchup pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reeves. Welcome back into a very special edition of the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs and however you found us through a social media link through the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows. Make sure you're subscribing to Three Dog Thursday on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on uh, on us here on Three Dog Thursday, and the show will come automatically to you. I am merely the host of the program. I've enlisted some great guests once again. Our lead handicapper uh, from VagerWager.com and Vegas Insider, Brian Edwards, is coming up straight ahead. Brian and I are going to cover a couple of different topics. Mike Gundy and the controversy at Oklahoma State might it take down their football coach because of a shirt that he was wearing and the backlash from his players all the social justice uh, movement and protests that are going on what's going on in Stillwater we'll talk with Brian Edwards about that plus Brian's got his top 25 college football preseason poll that's out I'm not usually a big poll guy but I'm going along with Brian on his predictions some interesting picks everybody's got Clemson Ohio State Oklahoma and Alabama at the top every year but what happens after that what happens at number five what happens at number seven what happens at number 10 i'll go over this with brian on some of his picks where does he have oklahoma state he's got him in the top 20 uh, where do they slot uh, with all the gundy controversy etc so brian edwards talking some college football and then he and i will go over the nba making its proclamations of what they're going to do in different phases when they return regular season and postseason to orlando florida the disney wide world of sports and uh, we'll find out what's going to happen with their playoffs, their enhanced uh, playoff picture. It's going to go all through the summer and into the early fall. At least that's their their plan. Brian and I will talk about it. I am I am still on the record that I believe it's a mistake for the NBA in specific to have been waiting this long. They, they had pledged to be at the forefront and be back quickly. They could have already been back in this month in, in June and scoring big time uh, right now with fans with nothing to watch. The NBA is the next most popular thing besides uh, the NFL and college football. Besides football, it's NBA basketball. They could have owned at least mid-June through mid-July right now. Instead, they're going to wait, and they're going to be back at a time where apparently baseball is also back. We're going to be talking about that a little more later on in the show, but at the time that we're taping on Three Dog Thursday... 
it looks like there's an agreement uh, at least looming here between the owners and the Players Association. And we can't say that it's a surprise that the owners have wanted a smaller, reduced regular season as it is. The current offer that is out there is somewhere around 60-game regular season to begin late July in through August and September, and then an expanded postseason. Maybe that ends up being 65 games, 70 games. It's not going to be the 100 games, the 110 games uh, that we had hoped for. Do they have a deal? You may know more right now in the coming days as Three Dog Thursday debuts. Right now at the time that we're taping, Rob Manfred, the commissioner, and Tony Clark, the head of the Players Association, have met. And look, I'm going to give this opinion here. It's an opinion-based program. We, we normally pick underdogs, but again, with the exception of NASCAR and UFC and the PGA Tour is back, and I know uh, boxing is back as well. We don't have a lot of sports to do the handicapping, but I do a lot on opinion, have done so throughout my nearly 30 years uh, on the air in radio and TV, West Central Florida, uh, nationally Sirius XM, Fox Sports Radio, tune in wherever you've heard me all over the place, including this podcast. I'm not shy on opinion. And I believe that the owners have been slow playing this in Major League Baseball now for over a month to make sure they don't have to pay the players any more than the 50 or 60 games of prorated money. Run the clock out. Keep running through all of May and all of June, and you're going to run out of time to have an agreement. I do not subscribe to the theory that Rob Manfred is somehow dumb or idiotic. I believe he's working for the owners. I believe he is neutered in a large degree to being able to do a deal that's in the best interest of baseball. Remember that phrase? He's doing what the owners want him to do. What, what the Steinbrenner family does want him to do in New York or, or what the Illich family of the Tigers wants him to do out of, out of Detroit or Peter Angelos, the owner of the Orioles, and on and on, whether it's Mets, Cubs, Dodgers, Braves. The owners wanted to slow play this because they don't want to pay prorated full salary for 90 games, much less 100 games or 110 games. They want it minimized. And so I think they're trying to come to the conclusion here uh, of 55 games, 60 games, 65 games, and then get to this postseason. Yes, it's going to be different, and we're going to talk more about it coming up. But I I will take some baseball here. Just color me as skeptical as to whether or not it's all worked out and resolved. I know the owners want the pledge from the Players Association that they're not going to get sued, that they're not going to go to Judge Wapner. Don't take matters into your own hands, right? You take them to court. That was the people's court, right? Doug Llewellyn. We don't want a suit is what the owner, not a a three-piece suit with a vest and pinstripes. They don't want a grievance, a lawsuit from the players about how this was handled. They want that signed off on, and they want uh, a postseason bonanza of money. Uh, Again, I think it bears repeating that the, the owners, a lot of the owners are the same owners from the early 1990s. They were trying to ram a salary cap down the throats of the players. It caused the strike of 94. It caused the owners to cancel the World Series. They had an agenda. They had a plan. They were trying to ram the salary cap through in 1994 and 95. And interestingly, it's now current Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor, who was then the federal judge in New York, who blocked them and who told the owners, you don't have an impasse. You can't just impose salary cap rules without collective bargaining. You lose. You lose, the players win on their restraining order, and they want to play and play under the old salary rules, and that's what happened in 95. And you cannot convince me that that's part of the motivation here, that that's not part of the motivation. It is part of the motivation. I know I'm getting into some of the details. Let me simplify it for you. 
the players in this case understand fully what a salary cap would mean, and they're not giving it away in a negotiation. It would mean less money for everybody involved. If the owners want that salary cap, they've got to negotiate for it and not worry about the courts and not worry about trying to shut down the sport to put stink on the players. Let's hope we get a deal. Let's hope we get some regular season baseball. Again, I'm in the Tampa-St. Pete area. I want to see the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, get out there on the field and off a 96-win playoff season a year ago, see if they can match it even in a short sprint season and get to the postseason and have some excitement for some baseball over the summer months here. Let's get to it. Uh, By the way, I've got more guests coming up here on the program. I'm going to bring three of them on at once. And this is the first of a couple of reminders to find the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page that is up and running. Subscribe to the YouTube page. Go find the YouTube page and you will see the video of my conversation with my guests on this week's edition of the podcast. Jonathan Grella, who is a longtime public affairs and PR guru, Uh, working with me with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL, but Jonathan currently runs his own uh, public affairs uh, shop out of Washington, D.C., formerly the vice president of the United States Travel Association and agency. Uh, Before that was the lead press secretary for uh, Tom DeLay, the United States congressman. Got a lot of experience in politics, a lot of experience in PR, and he's a huge sports fan. So he's going to have some thoughts on the baseball situation, on the Mike Gundy situation, and also on the day that we're taping Three Dog Thursday. It's a historic day in the sports culture, uh, June the 17th, 1994. And that day that lives uh, in infamy for a lot of reasons, including the O.J. Simpson Bronco chase was that day. But Arnold Palmer's last round of golf at the 94 United States Open that he ever played in the in the uh, regular U.S. Open, not the senior Open. Uh, the New York Rangers, let's go Rangers, Stanley Cup celebration uh, the ticker tape parade through Manhattan and through the, what, what is it, the uh, cradle of the canyons of New York. That took place June 17, 1994. The NBA Finals, the Rockets and the Knicks interrupted by the OJ Bronco Chase, Madison Square Garden, June 17, 1994. And the World Cup came to the United States, the, the most popular event in all the sports world, The World Cup played in the United States. The first game of that two-month-long tournament was played on June 17, 1994. It's a great documentary, a great 30 for 30 from ESPN. But uh, we'll be talking about it. Jonathan Grello will have thoughts on that. Also on that uh, four-way conversation, Tom Looney, my colleague, Fox Sports Radio brother from another mother. Uh, JT and Looney uh, patrolled the the late-night airwaves for 15 years on Fox Sports Radio. Love me some Tom Looney. He is on the Three Dog Thursday podcast on the video chat. And also Tyler Jones is here, who does a fantastic job five days a week in the Lawrence, Kansas radio market, and also with his Thinking Out Loud podcast, Tyler Jones Live. So Jonathan Grella, Tom Looney, Tyler Jones joining me later in the podcast in a four-way conversation about Mike Gundy and the troubles at Oklahoma State, about the baseball proposed uh, peace talks and getting games out on the field, And also the O.J. Bronco chase, the slow speed chase with the LAPD. And that uh, fateful day, June 17th, 1994. We'll talk about it with all of those guys coming up. But for now, let's begin straight ahead with our analyst, our uh, insider when it comes to everything with the lines, our senior handicapper, MajorWager.com, Brian Edwards is here. Again, the four-way conversation with Jonathan Grella and Tom Looney and Tyler Jones later on in the program. It is Three Dog Thursday. Let's get rolling. 
Here he is. Always love the insight from MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider of Brian Edwards back on board to discuss all kinds of subjects, whether it's college football or the NBA, et cetera, et cetera. How you feeling? We're now mid-June. It's getting hot uh, in a lot of places, particularly in Florida. We're, as I keep saying, we keep getting a lot of sports back. We welcome back the golf last weekend in Fort Worth. They'll keep playing on the PGA Tour. Soon, we believe, we will have the NBA and the NHL resuming, although that's not this month. That's later next month. Brian, how you feeling? How you doing with everything going on? I'm feeling great, man. Getting closer to sports and uh, love it, love it. Well, and I think all of us are excited. I should make mention NASCAR still uh, rolling along and uh, the UFC and boxing. So we are getting some sports back as they go. Before we get into uh, what the NBA is up to, I want to talk some college football. I had some comments just before you came on about the situation involving Oklahoma State coach Mike Gundy and what has boiled over in the last four or five days in Stillwater, across college football, across the sports landscape. He is the latest figure in the middle of the controversy. Brian, what do you make of all of this with the upheaval within his own program and and Gundy on Tuesday doing an apology video? What do you make of it? Well, i got to be honest. I had to educate myself. I had never heard of OAN and (laughs) CNN and Fox News and MSNBC or whatever it is. That's enough of a cesspool for me. I didn't need to add a fourth one to my repertoire. But, okay, now I know what OAN means and that it's pro-Trump and that they have had some recent commentators that were anti against the Black Lives Matter movement. So I understand where Chuba was coming from. And by the way, Chuba led the nation in rushing yards last year. Many thought he'd go pro. He didn't. He came back. So look, the thing earlier this summer about the COVID, that was just Gundy being Gundy. Um, This was serious. I mean, again, I'd never heard of OAN, but once I read about it um, and, you know, Gundy said in his statements or his video uh, last night that he wasn't aware of the anti-Black Lives Matter. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people aren't going to believe that, but I do believe that. That would just be absolutely moronic for him to have seen that and known that and still be wearing that shirt. But the big scheme of things, this is the deal. The AD's quote from Monday, this afternoon has been very disturbing. The tweets from the current and former players are of grave concern. Okay, That's a two-sentence quote that says a lot. That's from the AD. Okay, this is from the school president. Quote, I hear and respect the concerns expressed by our black student-athletes. This is a time for unity of purpose to confront racial inequities and injustice. We will not tolerate insensitive behavior by anyone at Oklahoma State. In other words, translation, um, this is not 2011, Mike Gundy, when you won the Big 12, went 12-1, and won, won the Fiesta Bowl, and finished number three in the coaches and AP poll. We are in 2020, and you have won 15 games combined the last two seasons, and this is a different time, et cetera. And you've had two – now, obviously, the COVID stuff didn't have anything to do with race or anything. Um, but still, and, to your point, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing sure. when he was saying things like, I don't believe that this is going to be serious. I don't understand why our players aren't playing. I mean, that that is a disaster PR-wise for the school in addition to his bad record. That's your point. 
Yes, and in 2017, he flirted with Tennessee. Yes. And he had flirted with Tennessee and Arkansas in 2012. So you flirted with other schools. Now you've only won 15 combined, and now you've, you've brought uh, embarrassment, it, it, all kind of press that is of the negative sort to our school twice in one summer. Uh, you better win some football games this year, and you're on thin ice, buddy. Yeah. Well, and you look at Dabo Sweeney, which which he endured a similar uh, a public internet flogging, if you will, over wearing a football matter shirt. But the difference is that Dabo, by and large, is beloved everywhere in and around Clemson. His players, his former players, and his his winning is off the charts good, and that helps you survive. Your point is so well taken that you are in much more danger when you aren't winning when these things come up. Uh, and, and look, even bring it to the Iowa situation with the strength coach that was bought out. And the strength coach, the more and more we hear, has really been a horrible uh, molder of men, of young men, if you will, and was more or less an abusive tyrant type individual that that now now that the players realize hey we have some momentum we have the media listening to us we can get the word out about the ills of some of the people in some of these programs so Kirk Ferentz had to deal with this as well and the insensitivity and players aren't allowed to tweet and I I'm the ultimate authority figure here uh, he had to deal with it as well, and luckily for Ferentz, he's been winning some that has em- emboldened him in that position. I think it's a common thread uh, right now to watch. Is that coach going to be, as sad as it is to say, it's the truth, is that coach going to be in more trouble, more on the hot seat because they're not winning? So let me flip it to you. If you were putting out odds that Mike Gundy is still the coach after this football season at Oklahoma State, would you put that let's let's don't even say odd. Ah, would you put that at 50-50 right now? Do you think he's on better standing than that Brian Edwards right now with all the controversy and the and the lack of winning and I know the stats out there that he's only beaten Oklahoma twice in 15 years. Do you believe it's at least 50-50 that Gundy could be gone after this 2020 football season? Um no, I, I think it's better than 50-50. He'll be back only because, and this segues here, I have them number 15 in my preseason ah, ranking. I think they're going to be, nice. be, nice. be very good this year. All right, so but but all things being equal, hypothetically, just speculate with me. It's June. We love speculating season, sure. or as Spurrier calls it at the uh, SEC media days for so many years, oh. it's just talking season. It's just talking season right now. So this is just talking season. If they lose three or four times, as highly ranked as you have them in the preseason, let's say they lose three or four times, they lose to Oklahoma, isn't there enough there right now for them to move on to, d- d- despite what his contract might or might not say on how much he's owed? You buy that? Um, I'll partially buy it. I mean, there's always circumstance. As long as he doesn't do anything to make an ass of himself again, and they go nine and four, I think he'll be okay. Eight and five, it might be a little slippery. Yeah, interesting. All right, so uh, again, lots of conversations, plural being had. Uh, And I think one more point, and I want your feeling on this, for a lot of these coaches that have been the ultimate, as I just said, authoritative figure, the uh, the almost dictator of their program, that day is changing, friends and neighbors. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to be able to get away with that. Uh, only maybe, maybe at the highest level, like a Nick Saban, 
uh, could, and, and even he has had to relent, and even he is beloved by his former and current players because he listens to them and does, in a lot of ways, what they want him to do. Brian, your thoughts on that one more before we get to your top 25. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the world is changing. The, the, the days of Bobby Knight-type <laughs> tactics are so far in the rearview mirror. And, uh, yeah, Coach Knight would not last uh, very long these days. Yeah, so, yeah, no, all no doubt. No doubt about that. So you wrote on MajorWager.com, as we plug away, never too soon to be talking about a preseason top 25. So you did a first blush preseason top 25 here. And I think most people uh, year in and year out right now are expecting Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama up, up near the top of any of these uh, rankings. What's interesting in your ranking is what you did kind of after number four, around five through ten. Uh, at the risk of being accused of being a homer, why do you love the Florida Gators to be a top five program? Year three of Dan Mullen at this stage. What about it? Well, for starters, the first time in more than a decade that the Gators have a returning quarterback with experience that can throw the football and they're confident in him. And and look, uh, we talk about no spring practice. I think that bodes well for teams with continuity. You know, no coordinator changes, very few staff changes. Mullen in his third year. Uh, returning quarterback, you know, all that bodes well for not having spring practice and only, you know, one month in August to, to get going. Now, you know, I don't put the schedule uh, really shouldn't count toward power ranking. I mean, power rankings mean who I would make favorite over whom on a neutral field tomorrow. And I would make Florida, albeit very slightly over the rest of the top 10, but I'd make Florida favorite over everybody not named Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Interesting. All right, so Gators, with a lot of expectations on them, you have in your top five, and again, your your four were Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. You're believing in the Sooners, speaking of Oklahoma State, their rival Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley. No Jalen Hurts onto the NFL. Obviously, the last three years or the last three-plus years, he's had Baker Mayfield, he's had Kyler Murray, he's had Jalen Hurts. You still believe in Oklahoma without any of those guys at the controls to be a top five worthy preseason program, obviously. Tell me more. I believe in Lincoln Riley. Spencer Rattler was a five star uh, recruit in that, uh, what would that be, the 2019 class, right. redshirted last year. I think Spencer Rattler, um, I don't think there's any reason to think that after a year in the system, uh, playing behind Jalen Hurts last year, there, there's no reason to think he won't be ready to go. They got a stud running back, Kennedy Brooks. They've got uh, their entire, all five starting offensive linemen returning. Um, Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley will be offensive juggernaut as always. Okay, interesting. You like Penn State. You have them preseason number seven. You talked on Three Dog Thursday as we talk again with Brian Edwards. Follow him at Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter. Find him at MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. Love his insight on all things, but in specific football, college football. You were touting Penn State on this very Three Dog Thursday podcast 
back three or four weeks ago on their win total. Again, elaborate here for the audience here. Why are you high on the Nittany Lions who were Cotton Bowl winners against my Memphis Tigers? In the words of Howard Cosell, Brian Edwards, I remember because I was there for the Cotton Bowl as they beat my Memphis Tigers in Dallas on December the 28th uh, this past season. You're high on Penn State, though, again. Why? Uh, Sean Clifford, uh, excellent first year as a starter at quarterback, 23-7 to TD-INT ratio. He can also run it, 402 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns. They get Journey uh, Brown uh, back after uh, 12 rushing touchdowns, 6.9 yards per carry average uh, last year. Um, they have eight starters total back on offense, and uh, they've been recruiting well under James Franklin. And they are a top 10 team to me, and I've got them at number seven. And I know you like the schedule favorably because of what they're getting at home. And and again, uh, in terms of Ohio State or Michigan or Wisconsin, you're always looking or Iowa, you're always looking at at who do they have at home and where do they have to go. And that's favorable for Penn State. Interesting, you have Oregon at eight without Herbert, uh, Justin Herbert, the quarterback, onto the NFL. LSU at nine without the Heisman Trophy winning number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, going on to the NFL. You you have them in the top ten, even though they've got to replace their leader, their quarterback. I do. Um, look, they've recruited uh, outstanding. Um, you know, C.J. Verdell is veteran running back, 1,220 yards last year, 6.2 Yards per carry, eight touchdowns. They've also got Die behind him, 6.2 yards per carry average, 658 uh, rushing yards last year. Um, they've got their stud receivers back. Uh, they've got a quality tight end. And um, I think that uh, under Mario Cristobal, that Oregon has, you know, with the decline of USC, has established itself, especially with Coach Pete leaving Washington, Oregon is now the premier program, again, like they were under Chip Kelly in the Pac-12 and the best offensive lineman in the country in Penae Sewell. Yeah, that's tough to argue on that one. And LSU always has a reload of athletes at uh, at both sides of the ball, and they have been good even with poor quarterback play uh, in the past. Last year, they were just fantastic because of how good uh, Burrow was developing into that system. All right, one more on this, and then we'll move off the college football, and I promise we're talking NBA and some uh, some of the uh, scenarios coming out with the NBA and the resumption of their regular season and the playoffs uh, coming up. The, the group of five is represented in your preseason top 25 by the Cincinnati Bearcats, Luke Fickle and the UC Bearcats. Uh, I'm happy to say where I was uh, I was down about uh, Penn State beating my Memphis Tigers that the uh, Memphis Tigers not once but twice put it on the Cincinnati Bearcats last year in the regular season finale then in the American Conference Championship game they were the group of five representative that got to go to one of those New Year's Six Bowl games now you like the Bearcats come back around to 2020 as the group of five representative you have them at number 18 in your poll tell me more about them Okay, so I think they're just going to be fantastic on defense. They only gave up 20.6 points per game last year. They've got eight starters coming back. They get they get James Wiggins, who's a big-time NFL prospect. He tore his ACL in August of last year. They get him back. They add uh, a transfer from Alabama, a transfer from Notre Dame. They, aver- they uh, add several four-star recruits. Uh, Desmond Ritter, who's a great scrambler, but only an iffy passer, you know, another year to hopefully improve. 
on his uh, passing game. You know, they lose their stud running back, Warren, but they've recruited well at the running back position. I think they'll have a, a committee, and they'll be fine there. And uh, hopefully Jerome Ford, the transfer uh, from Alabama, will be able to give them a spark uh, there. I think Ritter will be better. Wiggins back, good defense, good coach. Um think Cincy and there's not a lot of separation between them and Memphis or a Boise State either but I've got Boise State at 24 and Memphis at 23 but I think Cincy and they get Memphis at home which doesn't play in the power rankings but in terms of projecting their season I think Cincy will be that New Year's Six rep uh, out of the group of five. All right, so there you go on a little college football read. More on the list and more of the insight on the different teams, MajorWager.com. Brian Edwards with me for a few more moments. It is the Three Dog Thursday podcast. We'll talk much more baseball in the next segment and what is going on with them uh, and the regular season and all the acrimony between the owners and the Players Association. I want to talk NBA. We are learning more now about the phases in which Adam Silver and their Players Association, the the, uh, owners have come up with and the Players Association and the NBA to come up with resuming their regular season and then playing their postseason in Orlando. More details have begun to leak out in the last day or two about the timeline, about how they're going to congregate at three hotels, primarily at the Disney Wide World of Sports and the and the bigger um, Disney properties that are around that, by the way, are still not open at the moment for the rest of the country that's hearing us. Disney will not be opening until July itself. Um, we're learning more about uh, the, the teams uh, will be given all kinds of different amenities in, in terms of entertainment uh, at the hotels, in terms of food, uh, in terms of, uh, of everything at their disposal where they don't have to leave. I thought it was interesting that they are putting almost a big warning shot out there that if you do leave the quarantine, if you will, the air quotes quarantine, you're looking at forfeiting pay. You're looking at being quarantined when you come back for 10 to 14 days, forfeiting pay, being retested with the with the swab stick all the way up the nose, the whole bit. So they're cool. trying to make it, yeah, lovely, right? They're trying to make that as a deterrent. So it's just interesting that we're beginning to learn about how they're planning on doing this and how they're going to take care of the players and when can the families, the families will be allowed to join them in August after they finish the regular season part and begin the playoffs part. I thought all this was interesting. Brian, your thoughts on what we've been reading and seeing? Yeah, um, some of the, the things that I, I that caught my eye, uh, they can play ping pong, but no doubles. <laughs> and uh, I like the 24. Can we, wait, can we stop on that? Are they yeah. not going to be allowed to guard each other in a game? I mean, are they not going to be standing right next to each other, <laughs> making comment and sweating on each other, and, and yet we can't stand next to each other for ping pong? When I saw that, I said, this has got to be like a, a Saturday Night Live skit, Don't, right? Yeah. Yes? No doubles. No doubles playing <laughs> ping pong. That's pretty funny. Yeah, but I really like, if I'm an NBA player, the 24-hour VIP room yes. service availability. Yep. I love that. I, my sleeping is all over the place sometimes, and so I really like that. And uh, the anonymous hotline to rat people out. Uh, How about that? 
<laughs> well, and, and look, they're going to have restaurants that are catering them or that they're only going to exclusively be allowed to eat in that are right there on the property. They, they have really gone to great lengths. Again, it's almost like an, an Encyclopedia Britannica volume edition uh, of all of the different guidelines. They've gone to a bunch of great lengths to do this. So that segues, Brian, into Kyrie Irving, who is big in the news over the last week. Uh, the prominent uh, vice president of the Players Association is now speaking out that the players, he has now done a 180 that the players should not show up uh, in Orlando, and that that the social injustice, the Black Lives Matter part of this, is more important uh, to keep that message out there to not go play games. I've got some thoughts uh, on this. G- give me a couple of thoughts of yours with Kyrie Irving speaking up and the reaction to it. Okay, what he's talking about is a very noble cause. Okay, and, and I think everybody will agree on that. However, it's coming from Kyrie, who did not communicate any of that with Chris Paul and the Players Association when they were negotiating all this stuff with the best commissioner in all of sports who has bent over backwards to do everything that, uh, especially from a minority standpoint, for his players since, you know, is wildly popular. So Kyrie's going to go behind him and the commissioner and Chris Paul's back to do to say all this stuff and look you know it's easy for him one of the highest paid guys in the league um who's gonna you know to say that let's quit while the other you know 10th and 11th and 12th men off the bench they need that paycheck and it's just coming from Kyrie one of the more mercurial uh personalities in all of the league and I will just uh I will or not piggyback, I would just encourage your listeners to go listen to everything Kendrick Perkins said, and I second all of that. Kendrick Perkins has had him on blast, and uh, he's just a sneaky dork. And, uh, again, it's a noble cause he's talking about, but the the person that it's coming from is awful. Well, and so I think of this and say this all the time. What, what you're saying simplified is it's the right message, it's the wrong messenger. It's the wrong person trying to deliver it. And keep in mind, you mentioned Kendrick Perkins, who destroyed Kyrie Irving figuratively on ESPN on Wednesday, saying you don't speak for the NBA Players Association, and more importantly, you don't have a plan here. You don't have a what-are-we-doing plan. You're just simply saying to everybody, don't show up, and that is disastrous. That is suicidal in terms of the Players Association. And he went a step further besides just saying it himself. He's trying to ringlead a bunch of other players to go against this and had him on a conference call and trying to rile him up. And as Kendrick Perkins pointed out, you're the guy that last week, just last week at the time we're talking, the second week in June, was advocating this deal and was saying to the other players on the calls, we should accept this deal, we should agree to this, we should do this. You know what seems to be at the root of it? And Kendrick Perkins talked about this. What has changed? Sometimes these things are ignited by something that happens. What has changed is he has found out Kyrie Irving, that they're not going to allow injured players and inactive players to come be with the teams and be part of this. He is one of those guys. He had shoulder surgery back in early March, and he's not able to play. So he has apparently been told, Kyrie Irving, that we're, that we're talking about, you can't come be part of the Orlando bubble because you're not an active player 
and we don't want to take unnecessary risk with everybody bringing all of their inactive injured players that are here, uh, in addition to everybody else we have. I, I really think when you boil this down, Brian, what's your thought on this? Part of this is sour grapes. Part of this, the timing seems to line up. Is he now realizes he's not invited, so I'm going to bellyache, badmouth this, and maybe try to blow it up, even though I don't have a plan of what happens if we do blow it up. Yeah, and I agree with that, but that's so vintage Kyrie. It doesn't even make sense with his thought process. He's been voicing all these concerns over COVID, but you're not going to play, and they're not going to let you be there, but you're so concerned about COVID. That's a good thing then with all your concerns about COVID that you don't have to be there. And since when, when you're injured, are you like Mr. Rah-Rah and cheer and encourage your teammates? Oh, give me a break, man. That yeah. guy's awful. All right. So enough on him. couple of things that I have seen. I want your thought on this as we bring it back to what we do on Three Dog Thursday. As an underdog, when they resume this, which – I, again, am on the record they have waited way too long, and there's too much bad that can happen from coronavirus to other problems for them not getting this off the ground at the beginning of July. They could have been working out right now with Florida open. They could have been doing this and setting this into motion right now in June, if not playing in late June. They're waiting until late July. I'm on the record as saying bad idea. So if we get to the games, and we believe that we will, and they resume the regular season, very interesting that the New Orleans Pelicans and the uh, Portland Trailblazers will be two teams right now that we hone in on trying to get to that eighth seed and get into the playoffs with the eight remaining regular season games that they're going to play. The Grizzlies have that playoff spot right now by three and a half games over uh, Portland. I believe it's five games uh, uh, in front of New Orleans. I believe I have that right in the standings. The Pelicans are plus 350 to get the eighth seed and make the playoffs. That seemed very appetizing to me that Zion and the Pelicans would have a chance right now at um, at the moment behind the Memphis Grizzlies, yes, by three and a half games. So I have that correct. They're both three and a half back, Portland and New Orleans. I like the Pelicans at plus 350 to grab that eight seed if I was betting an underdog right now and can get them for that. I agree with that. Um, not that I would risk a lot, but it's definitely worth a little nibble. Um, you know, like you like you said, you know, if they're within uh, the the four games, right? Correct. Yeah, and they would have a chance, a and then they would or, you know, they would have a chance at the play in as well, right? But they could yeah. outright possibly catch them uh, as well right. over the course of eight games at three and a half back. Memphis would have to lose a bunch, but we'll see. We'll we'll see. How interestingly it plays out. Portland, by the way, right now, plus 200, 2-1 two uh, as an underdog, trying to uh, secure the eighth seed. But it's uh, it's the Pelicans at plus 350, and I think plus 500 I saw for the Sacramento Kings, who at the moment are uh, also right there at three and a half back. So they had a little worse odds. I just kind of like that as a possible futures play. Go ahead, Brian. And Portland is getting well, – they had like three big guys injured. I think they're getting a couple of those back. And uh, more importantly for New Orleans, J.J. Redick was hurt when the pandemic hit. J.J. Redick is a very key component uh, to that team, and now he is healthy. And, you know, New Orleans was playing well post-All-Star break with, with Zion, but they were still dealing with a, a lot of little injuries here and there. Uh, looks like they'll be full speed, and when they're when they've got their whole team, including Zion, healthy, 
I, I think they're 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 formidable, and uh, I mean, I think they could even you know win a game or two from the, the Lakers in a seven game series if they are able to get that eight seed. Interesting, all if, interesting if stuff. Love that. Well, yeah, if the Lakers end up number one, or will the Clippers catch them? Uh, probably not. The Clippers five and a half back as it resumes for the one seed. Uh, more than likely, it's the Clippers trying to hold off Denver uh, for the two seed right now and how all the playoff seedings would go. Uh, okay, one more fun one for you, just real quick. If you were gauging a percentage on does the NBA ever get this off the ground for all the talk that we just did about trying to play the games in Orlando and Wild World of Sports, do you believe it's almost a lock that it's like 80%, 90% they get this off the ground they play? Or, or are you a little less confident because it's so far away? It's still four or five weeks away from starting. I'm 99% confident that that we'll we'll get this get this started and I'm I'm about 90% confident that we'll get it finished as well. All right. So he's a confident kind of guy. Tell them more about how they find all of your stuff, Brian, cuz we love your insight here on 3 Dog Thursday, but they can read you 24/7. Uh see it, hear it, uh everything that you do, plug away, sir majorwager.com once we get the sports going again you can get my picks at vegasinsider.com and brianedwardsports.com you can follow me on twitter at vegasbedwards and follow major wager on twitter at majorwager uno uno thanks tj have a great weekend always enjoy it there he goes love the inside of brian edwards a reminder again subscribe to this podcast however you found it on a social media link from our friends at sports gambling podcast network uh my buddy sean green ryan kramer colby dant do a great job on the sports gambling podcast sportsgamblingpodcast.com their feed however you found this show social media link through them on sportsgamblingpodcast.com subscribe 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 on apple Podcasts, spotify spreaker google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts you can find three dog thursday subscribe away podcast comes automatically to you rate us and review us a lot of you have been doing that uh, several dozen of you have found us subscribed and rated and reviewed keep doing that whether it's apple podcast spotify google podcast rate and review the podcast subscribe and rate and review and find the youtube channel find the three dog thursday youtube channel uh, that is because we've got video content that's there. In fact, you're going to hear on this podcast the audio version, but you can see what we're talking about with Jonathan Grella, Tom Looney, Tyler Jones. If you subscribe on the YouTube channel or find us there through YouTube for the video links off of social media, subscribe to the YouTube channel at 3 Dog Thursday. Go and find that on YouTube now. All right, there you go. Uh, those guys coming up as the guest as 3 Dog Thursday continues. Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by MyBookie. The guys are hosting Madden simulations every Thursday and Friday, plus their own college football tournament games on Saturday nights and Sunday nights that you can only bet on through MyBookie.ag and the Sports Gambling Podcast and their network of shows. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash CFT for the college football tournament. And again, with mybookie.ag, they've got a couple of special offers. First of all, deposit this week, and you'll get $10 in a free bet for the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. They're kind of going out of order by necessity because of COVID-19. So the Belmont is this week, Kentucky Derby later in the year in September. Get a $10 free bet with mybookie.ag right now just as part of this offer. I know we're all-star for sports. We've got the Premier League soccer back, PGA Tour back, NASCAR going, UFC, golf, hopefully baseball soon. Yes, the NBA and the NHL hopefully come.
coming later in the summer with the resumption. The reality is who you bet on is just as important as where you bet. So you want to make sure that you go on a proven platform like MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. Take advantage of the dynamic betting lines on all major sports as they return to play. And the best part is with their dynamic odds, you can always pick and choose the right spot to maximize uh, your bet from your computer at home or your mobile phone. Instant access, instant action wherever you go. Sign up right now. Use the promo code SGP for us at Sports Gambling Podcast. SGP and get some extra cash on top of your deposit. Put 100 bucks in. They'll give you a 50% match and 50 more to play with. Again, if you put 500 in, they'll give you 250 to play with. Use the promo code SGP when you make that first deposit at MyBookie. With MyBookie, you bet, you win, and most importantly, when you win, you get paid. And we're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. If you've ever thought of starting your own sports book but don't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help. With everything that you need, an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support 24-7 in some of the sharpest lines in the industry. And again, all the sports coming back. You've got UFC, you've got NASCAR, boxing now back, golf back. Soon enough, it's going to be the NBA and the NHL resuming their seasons later in the summer. Ace Per Head offers it all, including live betting, amazing mobile experience. Get started today, and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Go to aceperhead.com for the offer slash SGP. aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more about the free offer that's up there now with Ace Per Head. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. All right, welcome in as uh, Three Dog Thursday does continue, and I have brought in distinguished guests here. My panelists on the uh, the podcast for audio are also on video. So here's the encouragement: find the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page. Follow Three Dog Thursday on Twitter and find the video there. It'll be through social media, etc. So we're going to be making video references. We're going to be looking at video. Find the video in addition to however you're finding us through a social media link or hearing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. I am merely the host, TJ. I've enlisted great guests. Say hello. We'll go east to west. In Washington, D.C., my buddy Jonathan Grella, who I've known over a decade now. JG, how you feeling? Hey, buddy. How you doing? I am fantastic, and I see you rocking the Seattle Mariners uh, hat. Love it. Uh, the other Washington. Yes. Out of, out of solidarity with Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, by the way, runs his own public affairs shop. He used to be PR director with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I got to know him. He's a former press secretary with U.S. Congressman Tom DeLay. Nice. Wide-ranging. Wide-ranging. All right, the wow. nice comes from the left coast, and that would be Thomas Looney, yes. my Fox Sports Radio alumni brother from another mother. How you doing, Brother Looney? The liberal left coast shaping values for generations to come. It's great to be here, TJ. And I love the name of the show. What is it? Three, Three what is Dog it? Thursday for picking oh underdogs. God. So typically, not Three Dog Night, not the song, yeah, but typically but you, if we have games, we would pick underdogs. We don't have games, uh, so we got to be creative uh, right it. now, kind of in the, in the COVID-19. we got to keep the name of the brand. The first album that I ever had was actually a cassette, and uh, I got it for Christmas, and it was uh, Three Dog Night, 
and they were all, you wonder how I ended up on the liberal left coast. They were all <laughs> naked on the cover and it was called Three Dog Night Naturally. Oh, naturally. And it changed. I mean, it was big boy music, though. They were a great band. It changed my life. Instead of listening to the Partridge family, <laughs> I went to listen to big boy music like Three Dog Night and ZZ Top. Okay, so what was I that, love. Was that dude cover a scratch and sniff? Oh, <laughs> no, it get was ourselves not. in even no, further trouble, please. Oh, my God. Please. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, the third guest that we have, the fourth member of the quartet, uh, is Tyler Jones, who is getting none of these references because they were all before his time. Tyler does an outstanding <laughs> job, five-day-a-week radio in Lawrence, Kansas, on KLWN and also the Thinking wow. Out Loud podcast. Tyler, how you feeling, brother? I'm good. What's the cassette, guys? I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, forget about a record. <laughs> forget about an eight-track tape. He has no idea about any of this stuff. So, again, Jonathan, Tom, and Tyler all kicking it around with me. All right, so I've already given some opinions uh, here and there. And, again, if you're on video, you'll see uh, that we're talking about some things uh, here as, as well as, um, as us making reference audio-wise. Uh, all right, so the first subject that I want to cover is one football coach, Mike Gundy. I've given a couple of comments. I want to go around the room. We will start youngest with Tyler Jones, who's in the Big 12 footprint. We're watching Mike Gundy on video right now, the apology. It almost, it, it almost looked like a hostage video with an Oklahoma State logo in the background, <laughs> him being forced to apologize. Tyler, your thoughts here on what has been tumultuous in Stillwater? Is Tyler 40 yet? Is he, is he qualified as a man? He, is he He's 40? not 40. He's I'm not a man. man. Yeah, Tyler. 16 years off of that. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, looking at this, the last couple days were pretty painful. This hostage video that we're watching right now uh, just looks like he, he's so miserable saying these words. Uh, it's not authentic. Uh, he obviously doesn't mean any of what he's saying here. But the, the way I look at it, Mike Gundy has the right to wear that shirt, whether you like it or not. Chuba Hubbard has the right to make that tweet and say those statements, whether you like it or not. And the end result uh, of Mike Gundy and Chuba Hubbard having that meeting where, um, you know, they said that change is going to happen. I still have no idea what that change necessarily is. Um, it sounds like it was a positive outcome at the end of the day. So although this looked really bad for Oklahoma State and their head coach, in this process here, if they grow from this, if they get stronger in this process, then kudos to them for working something out to figuring out some positive of this situation. We're all dealing with this differently here. I would say that if I were to look back on it, although that I say that, you know, Gundy and Shuba can do these things, I respect the right to do those things. I would not have recommended Mike Gundy to wear that shirt for obvious reasons. Right. Shuba Hubbard, I wouldn't have recommended him to send out that tweet. Talk to your coach one-on-one -on -one about it. Uh, hi, put these things, take care of this business behind closed doors, I think would have been a better route. But maybe at the end of the day, this will turn out for this team to, to grow better. We'll see. A lot to, be, to still figure out in this process. All right, so Jonathan, you have a background, obviously, in crisis PR. You've been yeah. on the inside when these things come up. What did you make of all that real quick? What's your opinion on the whole thing? My worlds are colliding. We have politics and sports that are um, ever more overlapping. Uh, so um, as soon as I saw that picture, I said, oh, man, how long before he's going to have to disavow um, 
it, it's crazy. Uh, and, 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 uh, and some could argue it's a double standard and, and that if he was wearing a, a CNN t-shirt or a Kaepernick jersey, that it would be celebrated by the same people who thought it was highly inappropriate for him to wear um, a, uh, a OAN uh, t-shirt. I don't know whether I have OAN on my cable network and I don't, I don't believe I've ever, I've ever tuned into it. Um, They've gotten uh, the best five days of publicity yes. at the time we're taping in oh, their sure. history right now. Continue. No question. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, what, remember we had Nick Bosa having to disavow his support for Trump uh, before being drafted by the Niners of all places. We've had Brady and Kraft have to have to uh, rationalize or, or, or comment on having uh, a cordial social relationship with, with the president. And um, as a conservative person who's not, um, not necessarily a Trump guy, um, I, I continue to shake my head at, at, what, at, at how some things are celebrated and other things are uh, offensive and need to be apologized for. Thomas Looney, your opinion on the Gundy situation? Yeah, a lot, a lot to uh, a lot in this soup here. What's interesting is, first of all, anybody who's ever had uh, a number of black friends. Let me tell you about Black America, you guys. And uh, let me. There's four white the- guys talk about <laughs> Black America. Go ahead. Let me let, let me speak for the African American community. Please, yes. Uh, any any black guy or woman on this earth or trans on this earth. Uh, who has a white friend can tell right away when they meet you if you've had if they're the first black person you've ever known, the tenth, or if you've had an unlimited number of black friends and exposures over the years. And so I think the people who really know what's in Coach's heart are people he's coached. They know in a second when they sit in a room with him, or he sits in their home with their parents, whether or not. So this is a guy who you know is comfortable sitting in a room. With 30 black guys. So that's a guy that it's, it's really surprised that he would wear this T-shirt. But we all know people who are also really oddly incongruent in their politics. And sometimes where sometimes they're, they're these loving, huggy, kissy people. And then they're angry in their politics. That's a lot of us. We're hypocritical. We're inconsistent as human beings. I have a friend who's a prison guard. I grew up in a, a, in a hometown with two prisons. And he's this, I'm the grandson of a prison guard. But my friend rallies against, rails against socialism. His father was a prison guard. Well, our, our socialistic tax money goes into building that prison and giving. You know, so it's sometimes people don't always, it's incongruent. His philosophy is incongruent with really our public money that we've pulled together has been paying for uh, his soup since he was a child uh, and the soup that he feeds his child with. But he's incongruent. And a lot of us are. A lot of us hold social political opinions uh, that are sometimes hypocritical or, or aren't always consistent because not everybody is a political science major like me. Not everybody is consistent. And I won't say like me, I'm inconsistent. Matter of fact, perfect example. The Los Angeles Lakers got caught with their hands in the cookie jar, taking millions of dollars as COVID-19 victims. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know how rich these NBA teams are and these owners. Maybe that's the poorest owner, but still. Uh, now, if the Clippers did that, I would have been much more upset. <laughs> <laughs> but it was my Lakers. So uh, with this, I think this is best discussed with him and his team. I think if anybody knows where his soul lies, how comfortable he is, uh, since this is really an African-American movement that uh, we whites are now joining, uh, that he, I think the best people to read his soul 
are his players. And when it comes to the apology, as Tyler was mentioning, no good. That's the trouble with apologies is we get, you know, we, I remember back in the day and you'll remember TJ, when we pushed Clinton, apologize, apologize, apologize right. for Lewinsky. Then he apologized and everyone said, that was no good. You got to do it again. Do it again. It's a prayer <laughs> breakfast coming up this weekend. And then he did it again and nobody liked it. So the problem with apologies is nobody likes them anyway, if they're predisposed not to liking you. All right. So, interesting. Yeah. Interesting from Tom so Looney. That is my very brief answer. That's okay. Uh, question. I'll keep I'll keep us on the rails if I can <laughs> for the few more minutes that we have here. That's okay. Tom Looney. Looney on Fox on Twitter again. If you're only hearing us, find the video. Find the video on the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page. Find it through the Three Dog Thursday Twitter feed, my Twitter feed, these guys' Twitter feed. Make sure the you video. text it to me so I can retweet yes, the it. The video out, will be out there. The video is out there because we're showing everybody here and we're showing video in addition to uh, the audio. Uh, Tyler, back to you. I'm going to go around the room real quick one more time. Does Mike Gundy survive all of this, particularly if he loses some football games and loses again to Oklahoma? Is, is this the final impetus here that you lose some games this fall, Mike Gundy may be done in Stillwater? Do you buy that? You're in Big 12 country there in Kansas in the footprint. No, I don't see that. Uh, it would have to be uh, a really rough year for Oklahoma State. This is a team that is projected to go to the Big 12 title game this year, whether they beat Oklahoma or not. Solid bunch coming back with Shuba Hubbard, the player involved in this, was the is the reigning Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. And Tyler Wallace is coming back, who won the Blitnikoff a couple years ago. So this is going to be a really good team coming back. As long as he doesn't completely lose this locker room and they find a way to uh, win eight games or more, he'll be plenty fine and his buyout is so high as is, Oklahoma State, they've been having some money issues, and we all know in this COVID era with the money issues that everybody's having, they can't afford to pay his buyout right now. So he's fine, and not to mention he's in a pretty red state too. Uh, I would bet that there's actually probably a decent number of people in Oklahoma watching uh, that OAN channel with him that none of us have ever seen. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jonathan Grella, quickly, uh, what do you think? Does he survive all of this, especially if he loses some games and Oklahoma again maybe? He's 2-13 and 13 all-time against the Sooners. What do you, what do you think, Jonathan? Uh, he's not going to lose his job over a T-shirt. He didn't commit a gaffe. He didn't say anything. He wore a T-shirt. Um, and, and if you wore a T-shirt that disparaged police – or, or the president or whatever, then, then everybody would, would think it was, it was just fine. Um, so, he, so he wore a T-shirt for, a, for a, a network that few people have heard of. I don't, I don't see it amounting to much. And if he gets fired, it's going to be because of football. It's not going to be because of politics. Looney, I, Looney. I think, guys, we all, we all know, sometimes you wear a T-shirt because it smells good. <laughs> that's a okay well, but the, the ironic today. thing is you sometimes wear t-shirts to go fishing which he was doing because they smell they, they smell stink bad. you're gonna get oh, blood on them oh, you're gonna throw yeah. it away and that's what he was gonna go do so maybe well, he i was don't care chucking, if i ruin this one he's yes. gonna chuck away in the garbage like a lot of people actually wanted him to all right let's move on to <laughs> yeah. another topic while i while i traffic cop uh, away here uh all right so at the time that we are taping right now the baseball situation has come to a head, and the latest now is that Rob Manfred, the commissioner, and Tony Clark, the head of the Players Association, met face-to-face -face in Arizona. There's a new proposal and apparently a deal imminent. 
It will be approximately 60 games, maybe more, that will be agreed to. You may know this if you're listening to us later on Three Dog Thursday, what they agreed to. Let's hope they do agree. Somewhere around 60 regular season games to be played in late July, uh, right up until the end of September, and then expanded playoffs in late September slash October. Uh, all right, we go around the room again here while we're looking at this deal. Uh, I'll begin uh, this time with Looney on the left coast. What, what do you make of this? Are you fine with this? Do you feel cheated that it's 60, 70 games only and not at least 100 of them? Uh, quickly, sir. Oh, please. We, we need sports back on. We need to existentially need to feel something other than worry. You know, we're worried about our culture. We're worried about COVID-19. We're worried about uh, what's happening in the streets. No matter which side you're on, you're worried about uh, our children getting pulled over. All the stuff we're worried about. The great thing about sports is it's our apolitical escape. So yeah. I don't care what the schedule is. And most people listening in the car right now on the podcast or watching it on YouTube, most people don't care about the details. They don't really care how the chicken's made. They just want the chicken. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, I'll skip to you. Uh, some ba you're in D.C. They have been waiting, chomping at the bit to raise a banner, have the championship rings. Remember, they won the World Series last October. Oh, there's, been no, there's no baseball. right? I'm saying remember to everybody else. You remember there's no baseball right now, so they want it in D.C. They want it in a lot of places. What, what do you make of this? Uh, I'm glad to be the reigning champions for as long as humanly possible, despite my Mariners hat. The, the Nats are my team. Okay. Um, I, I'm worried that the sample might be too small for the season to be considered legit. Um, maybe the expanded playoffs help. Um, but, I, you know, I, I'm just glad to get baseball back. And I, I think the others agree – that um, we need an escape right now. We need a little bit of a break from all this. And, uh, and, and it, is, it is long past time for baseball to be back. Tyler, you're in the uh, Midwest. You're in the Kansas City Royals market. You, you frequently go back and forth to St. Louis, I, I know, too. Heartland of America where they want baseball badly. What do you make of some season, whatever it is, 50 games, 60 games, 70 games, what, what do you make of this if they can get it done quickly? Not ideal, but I'll take it. Uh, if you're going to yeah. give me lemons, at least I'll make lemonade. Uh, might not be my favorite right. flavor of lemonade, but it's good enough uh, for the time being. You take a team right here in Kansas City with the Royals, this is a group that in a normal circumstance of a full season could not make the postseason. They wouldn't be able to have the horsepower to do so. Now all of a sudden this Royals team that's pretty young that within the last couple of years have had some hot streaks here and there, if they have a good two, three weeks, all of a sudden with an expanded playoff, they're in contention to make the postseason. If you're a Royals fan, you got to love this scenario compared to almost literally yeah. everyone else in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and in the Tampa Bay market, and Jonathan knows this because he's lived here, the Rays won 96 games last year. So people are amped. They have, it's, it's waned, but people have been – uh, waiting, waiting, waiting. Can we get the season underway? And it may benefit the Rays if it's only a 60 or 70 game season. We'll see. Does anybody really care whether or not their World Series has an asterisk? I mean, it's a different type of asterisk. It's not because you cheated. Right. It's, it's not because you bet on, on baseball or anything like that, or because you took steroids. Your, it's because there was Dodgers, your Dodgers have an 81 World Series during a strike year when they beat the hated, vaunted Yankees that right. year, and everybody still says, hey, we're the champs. Not, there's no yeah. asterisk there. It, it, it still counts. Yes. And, and here's another thing. The asterisk is only about – 
uh, a virus and something that nobody has uh, of which nobody has any control. Notice I didn't dangle my preposition. So <laughs> I do think that uh, it doesn't matter whether or not dangle anything else. Uh, <laughs> will not care. Yeah, well, there's a good point there, too. All right, so I want to move on. Again, it's the Three Dog Thursday podcast. If you're hearing us only through, again, a social media link, uh, through uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast network of podcasts, whether you found us through uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify, subscribe on audio, find the video on YouTube, the Three Dog Thursday YouTube page. Just search Three Dog Thursday. Again, find the video uh, by going to social media at Three Dog Thursday. Uh, my guests that are here, Jonathan Grella, Jag Public Affairs is his Twitter handle. Tyler Jones Live is his Twitter handle. Uh, Looney on Fox is his Twitter yes. handle. I never got rid of the on I, Fox because I don't want to lose my blue. You're uh, my, part of the blue check blue brigade that, that the some refer yes. to. All right. Very nice on that. All right. So one more <laughs> subject to cover with our guys here, with the exception of Tyler, who again is a youngin, as I like to say. We all remember June 17th, 1994. So we're taping this portion of the podcast mm. and watching the video trailer of a great documentary of that day, June 17th, 1994, and so much that happened that day from the New York Rangers hoisting the cup in a parade in Manhattan to Arnold Palmer's last mm -hmm. round at the United States Golf Open. The NBA Finals with the Knicks and the Rockets were going on. Oh, yeah, and O.J. Simpson was running from the law 26 years ago tonight at the time we're taping. So we're watching uh, a trailer video on the YouTube video. Jonathan, to you first. I know you've watched the documentary. The documentary is a phenomenal ESPN 30 for 30 on the documentary. Right. But what, yeah. what do you want to say about what's a historic day here, uh, January 17th, 1994? June. June. Yes, not January. June. Thank you. What day is it? June 17th, 1994. I was uh, still in my parents' house in New York. Um, so uh, right where uh, so much of this action was taking place. Um, and we were pre-gaming at, at my parents' house uh, while the car chase was going on. Ended up at a party uh, by the time the Rangers won. Um, what's remarkable, re-watching this now, uh, is, is obviously the everything ranging from celebrity culture, the news cycle, and, and media feeding frenzies. Um, you could see also, obviously, um, this with the celebrity culture too, um, the involvement of a, of a of somebody with the last name Kardashian, whose uh, uh -huh. children certainly learned a lot from from that experience, and then and then obviously um, the you know the uh, less lighthearted parallels to today with regard to police and race. Um, so uh, that really stood out to me as well. And then finally, um, uh, bringing it back to our topics from earlier. On June 17, 1994, we had all the sports, and today yes. we have none of the sports. Very so, true. Uh, wow. So it just reminded me of what we missed. Very true. Uh, it, it was bizarre. We all have our where we were stories. Now, Looney, you were in Los Angeles. I was while in Los Angeles. Where you live, and, and th oh this is crazy times 57. What was it like? There's so many places and so much to unpack if you were in Los Angeles at the time. I grew up an O.J. Simpson fan, an Arnold Palmer fan. He was the first famous person I ever met. Nobody famous ever came to my hometown, Elmira, New York. Upstate New York, everyone was a Buffalo Bills fan and an O.J. Simpson fan. Arnold Palmer came to town, played in a golf tournament, 
an exhibition. Uh, when he finished, he gave me his glove and wow. shook my hand. I asked him for his glove. I shook his hand. The week before, he had won the Bob Hope Desert Classic. So he was in town coming off a great win. And he gave me his glove. I shook his hand. And so I had a new favorite athlete. And he never won a golf tournament again for the rest of his life. <laughs> because so of looting. my Arnold Palmer story. Yes, I'm normally a good luck charm, not an Arnold Palmer. Uh, on the bright side, at least he didn't end up with OJ's glove. Yes. Oh, exactly. <laughs> oh, very good line there on that. Very uh, good. Uh, what you have to understand, Tyler, I know you're sitting and listening to all of this, is we've all been working on our material for 25 plus years about Simpson and about this whole thing being intertwined and radio oh bits and one-liners and, yeah. and all the stuff uh, that we did. Now, I, I will say this, uh, Tyler, you did watch the documentary, which again, yeah. it's a phenomenal 30 for 30 without a narrator that just goes through the entire day of the Rangers celebrating, right? Palmer playing his last U.S. Open. Uh, the NBA Finals looming and OJ on the run all, all at the same time. Tyler, what did you think watching the documentary? Oh, it, it's just incredible to see the layout of this day of how monumental it was. You see Oprah at the World Cup getting things started right. there. Uh, you go to Los Angeles with OJ and the Bronco Chase. NBA Finals are going on. I love seeing the communication from the broadcast side of things, too. Bob Costas doesn't know what he's supposed to do. Am I supposed to talk? Am I supposed to go to Brokaw, Marv Albert? What am I Oh, Tyler, there, there was more to that than that. He was devastated. That's his friend. That right. was their friend. Right. They, they, well, they hosted NFL. OJ, they, OJ tried calling Costas uh, in the Bronco chase, and uh, they called the studio, and the studio said, yeah, right, you're not OJ, and hung up on it. Yeah, it's amazing. they hosted NFL Live on NBC together. They were having, you know, that was the number one in television. NFL Live on NBC, Bob Costas and O.J. Simpson. He was an in-studio host at that time in his career. And also, by far, he was, if, you know, if this, this snafu had never happened, although, as we know, the charges never stuck. But if this had never happened, uh, he would have been like Cher. The only it's it really it's 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 not very you're not going to hear the share OJ. Yeah, Tyler has no else. idea who you're talking about. Yes, keep going. That's what <laughs> I'm know, laughing at. You know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, the new century, famous and all this hard to maintain fame and likability. But OJ not only starred and won the Heisman Trophy in the 60s on Dragnet on television, which is a TV show, movies and television and. Uh, and setting NFL records, 70s, 80s, 90s. And he had the highest Q rating, the popularity quotient in, uh, in television of anybody, higher than Costas, higher than Al Michaels, higher than John Madden. He was a popular guy, wildly popular. And no one had a bad story about him. Only right. the bad stories seemed to come out of the woodwork after this happened. Best tipper in Hollywood. He was, and all of his friends were like CEOs of company. And as you saw, even in the picture in Cabo San Lucas when they were together three weeks before, it was wonderful people. These were all kind, wealthy, successful people. No one was ever arrested for anything in that group. You know, it's the Kardashians and the Jenners, et cetera. Uh, you know, they've kind of become a punchline since, but these were all, and they were kind children. They were right. just nice people and, and very nineties, very all mixed race and different colors. It was a real nice story. And then he brought everybody down. It was awful. Horrible. But, it was just to watch that. I also felt for people who were my age, Art, 
child who grew up with Bill Cosby and O.J. Simpson and Joe Paterno and Penn State. Like mm-hmm. my my childhood has been nuked. <laughs> and uh, it's and, amazing. And it's, it's 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 unbelievable. And I went to Catholic schools. Their PR, but they have a PR problem. Is <laughs> they, they need to call Jonathan. Jonathan. They need to call Jonathan. All agree. right, listen. Leave I, me got, out of that. I got I got like three or four uh, minutes left, and then we're going to get kiboshed here uh, okay. on the on the Zoom call. Uh, the, we all know where we were. Jonathan was talking about being in New York and getting oh. ready for the Knicks game. Uh, Tyler, I know it was conveyed in the documentary, but for the fans here that maybe don't realize or remember, they left the NBA Finals game. I think it was game four, game five, whatever, game five. of the fi- They left the game twice where you couldn't watch the NBA Finals to watch the Bronco chase yeah. while this was going on. It was just uh, – it was an amazing – a uh, set of circumstances, surreal, even 25 years later, and what a day. Arnold Palmer plays his last golf uh, tournament, essentially, at the United States Open, his last round at the United States Open. Uh, as such a historical figure on that same day where all of those other things were going on. So, uh, anyway, I've had a blast with all of you guys, and we're going to have to get out of here in the next moment or two. Any final thoughts? I'll go around the room. Let's start uh, with Jonathan. We'll go east to west again. Jonathan, any final thoughts on all of this? uh as as uh we wrap it up yeah i mean <laughs> imagine if social media and the internet were what they are now back then um, oh, right. you saw the beginnings of of i mean when when you rewatch that 30 for 30 and you see all these people who are gleeful and playful and are getting a kick out of running toward oj's house you think about this was this is a solemn set of circumstances. Sure. Um, but it really, it really, um, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's worth a watch or rewatch um, now uh, in, in light of kind of what celebrity culture, media feeding frenzies and, and, and so on have become. And then the final thought are, are with regard to OJ, he was America's sweetheart, naked gun. And, and, yep. and he, he was beloved. Uh, a, a very much a mainstream, uh, you know, loved by everyone and not just sports fans uh, kind of guy. And and I think folks like myself began when they heard the news saying, please say it ain't so. Right. And then and then it was a shame that by the end of it, it became a very, uh, you know, racially divided um, uh, situation. But that really wasn't O.J. Simpson's identity. And you'll see in those other documentaries that there were other athletes like Jim Brown and others who thought that O.J. was not, um, quote unquote, black enough. Right. Um, so in light of what's going on in, in the here and now, um, a very interesting documentary to to no uh, doubt. re-examine. Voice of Jonathan Grella. Follow him at uh, JAG Public Affairs. Uh, thank you, sir. Tyler Jones, you get a final word in here on all these subjects, including that documentary. I appreciate you being on. What else you got for me? You know, I, I look at all of this, and, you know, that day, as Looney mentioned, such a reminder of how, uh, you know, grateful those days are, those days loaded with sports. Um, you know, we're sitting back today. The Premier League was back, at least something, but we're just patiently waiting. Give us anything right sure. now uh, in this sports world. I think the worst is behind us. We're ready for that sports world to come back. Um, Major League Baseball, not ideal, but good enough for me. We'll make it happen. 
And and one more thing too. Uh, how about Dale Earnhardt Jr. getting elected to the NASCAR Hall of Fame? Great to see Dale Jr. We, yeah, we got NASCAR back, and that's yeah. going on. I love, and Tyler's a big NASCAR guy. Again, Thinking Out Loud is his podcast. Find it wherever you find podcasts. Find him at Tyler Jones Live. He's on five days a week in Kansas. Uh, as well. Thomas Looney, I got 60 seconds. Okay. Final thoughts, go. Yeah, so many things. In terms of OJ and some of the activists thinking he didn't do enough, that's something we have to get away from. OJ just picked his friends as people, shouldn't we all? And he didn't th- walk around as a black man. He just walked around as a person. And uh, Bruce Springsteen, we never ask him to give back to the white community or Tom Brady. He's not doing enough for his people. We never say that about Mick Jagger or Tom Brady or Dirk <laughs> Nowitzki. Uh, we just say it about people who are non-whites. We got to get away from that too. Uh, and, and we're all learning more about this, as we know, because of uh, we're all talking more and listening more, which is probably the most important thing. Let's listen to each other. Well said. Follow him at Looney on Fox. I always love what he is up to. Many thanks to all three of my dudes here in this segment of Three Dog Thursday, Jonathan Grella, Tyler Jones, Tom Looney. Thank you guys for all hanging with me. Thank you to Brian Edwards all the way back at the beginning of the podcast with me. Subscribe on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. And again, find the video. You can see what these uh, dudes and I look like. Looney again in a tie and in what looks like a neon what is that one more time a neon yellow or greenish tie uh that's there it's the uh it's it's a yellow tie to match the the, (laughs) The yellow eiffel tower behind me i wanted to make sure find the video find the video I cared about lighting, unlike three other guys I know. Yeah, no. Well, I got a little light in the room, and Gretel's got like a like a interrogation light, and then again, Tyler's <laughs> in front of the hostage wall. I think I'm at all, the neighbor's house. I understand you get a good cop out on that. Thank <laughs> you for being know. with me, guys. Thank I you for listening. It. However, you found us here on Three Dog Thursday. Again, find the video on YouTube through social media at Three Dog Thursday. Find the video. We thank you for being with us here on this edition of Three Dog Thursday. Bye. <laughs>